everybody. We want to welcome you as we gather around the Word and worship together. So thankful for this time. want to welcome anybody watching us by Facebook Live as we do that and anyone listening post on the podcast. Again, if you're here and you've not done it, you can uh, find us on the podcast. You just on your phone, uh, wherever your podcast engine is, just type in Life of Faith North and you'll be able to, to find us there. I encourage you to do that, especially in what we're talking about now. Because we've started a series last week called Flippin' Through Philippians. <laughs> and so uh, with that, I'm going to be teaching throughout the book of Philippians, but in every one of our gatherings. So we'll talk about it again like here this morning. We talk about it on Tuesday night at our Jasper group. We talk about it on Thursday nights uh, here when we gather again. So I'm not going to go back and repeat. So if you want to hear everything that is said... Um, you'll need to just kind of avail yourself to the podcast as the best way. So this is part three. Uh, we did part two on Thursday. I know some of you weren't able to be with us. So if you missed part two, go back. It's up on the podcast. So yeah, very good. Does that sound good? Well, Lord, we just love you so much. So grateful to gather together today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just teaching us together and helping us grow and learn together in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just going to go in. So we're in Philippians chapter one. If you want to find that Philippians chapter one, and we'll start in verse nine uh, this morning. Uh, but to come back to a little bit of a review, remember, and this is the main reason why I feel like the Holy Spirit has us walking or flipping through Philippians is uh, Paul wrote this book from where? Prison. From prison. <laughs> now, this was, was this a nice prison? No, <laughs> this was a Roman prison. And when we get to it, we see that he was actually in prison awaiting execution. So at any minute, they were going to most likely chop his head off or feed him to the lions or do something with him, right? So Paul was there. So how many of you think high stress or low stress position? High. That's fairly high stress. Wouldn't you say, how many of you want to be in prison awaiting? <laughs> Anybody here want to volunteer? <laughs> say, yes, Lord, I'd like to... No, no right? So again, and, and the reason why this is important, you know, we're living in a day and an hour when people, there is, there's a lot of pressure on people, yes. right? I mean, we're, we're living in financial pressure with inflation. Uh, we're living in all kinds of political turmoil as things go on, right? I mean, you, all kinds of stress and stressors in our current day. And as Kevin said, even I love in, in our time we were gathering together, and in our time today, it's real easy to slide to the negative. Very. Because you'll get a whole lot of people agreeing with you. That'll be glad to jump on Agree. your <laughs> that's right. <laughs> amen. You get a lot of people waving the white hanky going, Amen, that's right. Do I now? It's like the virus. Yeah, like the virus. It's it's negativity is there, but does that make sense? There's Kevin waving his white hanky in the back right now. And so, so it's easy in our day and hour for us to find people who will get on the woe is me trail, whatever my woe is me, my right. woe is me. Does, I mean, I'll yeah. try to be funny. But anyway, so I just write that because we're going to get it. So everything Paul here is writing, he is writing. I want you to just hold that in your mind. He's writing from prison awaiting execution. Right, and then we can all say, because you're sitting here, it's not that bad yet. <laughs> Does that, 
whatever we're facing, it's, it's not there. <laughs> Amen. But here, and we're going to pick up in verse 9, and I'm excited about this. So just fair warning, this is going to take us all week to unpack the next few verses. But this is one of Paul's prayers. So I'm going to make a little pause here, um, and we'll teach on this just for a little second, a framework. Whenever you run into one of Paul's prayers in the New Testament, it is great to use it as a pattern for personal prayer. It's a great thing to do. Uh, I'll probably at some time in the future, maybe next year, we'll walk through all of Paul's prayers, right? But today we're going to look. So uh, there are, so far I have found seven. I have found seven prayers that Paul prayed for the people that he pastored and led. And this is one of them. But make note, this is something this week I want us to pray together as a church. Right, so I want this to be a, a pattern of prayer for us this week that we talk about. And so, and I'm going to ask you and believe that all throughout this week, starting today, that, that Father is going to bring people from our church family to your mind. Like we said last week, he's going to bring to your remembrance. Paul prayed at the beginning, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, he said in verse 3. So I'm expecting Holy Spirit to bring us to each other's mind. Did right. I say that? Yes. That okay? Perfect. Perfect. He's going to bring us to each other's mind. When he does, <coughs> when Father brings a person to your mind this week, I want you to pray this prayer for them. Can you all agree with that? Yeah. A, l- a little bit of homework. Let's do a homework check. I gave you homework last week. So how many people... <laughs> How many people went back and found out how many times grace and peace appeared in the letters? It was all of them, but about four. So in the, 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 to give you the answer, so well, it's good. Hey, hey, at least you're... Katie, you didn't tell me right. <laughs> yeah, it's good. We're trying. Well, put it this way. There are 17 times, 17 letters in the New Testament begin with the phrase, in some way, grace and peace. Mm-hmm. Right now, specifically, and Miss Lynette found this out specifically 13 times, it literally says grace and peace. But there are four books that it says grace, mercy, and peace. Mm-hmm. Those, those four books, now here's a freebie if you're, those four books are all what are called, well, three of them are called the pastoral letters. It's First and Second Timothy and Titus where Paul is directly writing to his uh, sons in the faith, and he says to them, grace, mercy, and peace, mm-hmm. right? But then John says it in, in Second John, in John's second letter, he says it to the lady, and I don't think it mentions her name if I'm remembering right, mm-hmm. but it says it to the lady he was writing the letter, and I was excited about this because any time in Bible interpretation when you see a repeated pattern, it lets you know something. Mm-hmm. So we know that First and Second Timothy and Titus were written to pastors. Mm-hmm. They all begin with that phrase, grace, mercy, and peace. John starts a letter to a lady and says, grace, mercy, and peace. Mm-hmm. So what can we suppose about that lady? She was a pastor, she was a pastor too. So for all you people out there that, that always the woman question comes up, Right? Are women, can women minister? The answer to that question is yes. yes. Resoundingly yes. All throughout the New Testament, Mm -hmm. ladies 
were leading churches, pastoring churches, preaching the gospel, helping Paul be apostles, all of the stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. So again, I know it's not overly common to hear that because we take a couple of verses, in my opinion, out of context mm -hmm. uh, and, and apply that across the board. But this is a, just another great example for you ladies, mm -hmm. amen, that that's there for you too. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Kevin. I was hoping some of the ladies would say amen. Amen. <laughs> We're soaking it in. We're soaking it in. And again, do that. Again, ladies, soak it in. But please, I'm going to encourage you, yeah. soak it in fast. Yeah. Because we need you. Yeah. Right? Now, step the, up and step out. The, the funny thing is, is, and we need you beyond kids' ministry. Yeah. Please. And we need you beyond ladies' ministry. Yes. Yeah. Now, those things are important, too. Yes. And we need you beyond the, the prayer closet. Yes. And that's important, too. Yes. Y'all, please, everybody say, Brad says those things are important. Brad says those things are important. But we also need you to teach. We need you to preach. Yes. We need you to plant. We need you to prophesy. We need you mm -hmm. to lead, yeah. right? Because you are an equal part of Christ. Yes. Amen. Aren't you glad there are no second class citizens Amen. in the body of Christ? Yes. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't like boys better than he likes girls? Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. Amen. I'm glad. Now, does, Amen. And, and for us men, we're not man bashing either. No. Amen. Does that make sense? There's no man bashing going on. Because right. aren't you glad he doesn't like girls more than he likes boys? Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. That's all for Well, and, and just to say, that's why we minister side by side. Because Absolutely. it's synergistic. There are things that men see a certain way because it's their God-given perspective. Women can't have that perspective because God did not wire us that That's way. right. And vice versa. Some things I'll approach a different way because of my God-given perspective. That's right. Guys aren't wired that way. You're not supposed to be wired that way. Don't let anybody tell you you're supposed to think more whatever. Yeah. You're wired a certain way by God, and we're wired a certain way by God. Amen. When those two things come together and minister, it's a powerful synergy that can only happen when you've learned unity. Yes, When that's you've right. learned how to bring those things together, submitted to his power, submitted to his perspective. So that's one of the reasons why we minister. We like to minister side Absolutely. Absolutely. Besides the fact that she's cuter than I am. Amen. So Why, thank you. She makes me look better. I'll oh, take that. Amen. So anyway, so let's go. So verse 9. So here Paul starts this prayer. He says in verse 9, and this I pray. So I'm going to read through the prayer, and we're going to highlight the points that Paul is praying for, and then we're going to fall back and really start to unpack them. Paul says, number one, point number one in this prayer, he says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. So here Paul is praying that there is an abounding, and we're going to come back to this, that there is a growing of some concepts. You're going to notice if you do any study in Paul's prayers, Paul's prayers were always an ask for understanding, revelation, discernment, yes. insight. Yes. Right? And I think that's interesting because... I don't find many people praying for that. Mm -mm. Most people are saying, Lord, I need X, Y, or Z. Lord, fix this. Lord, fix that. Lord, do this for me. Right. Lord, make this happen. Lord. And when you look at Paul's prayer, it's not that he never prayed for those things. 
because there were times he did. Mm -hmm. But most, everybody say most. Most. Most of Paul's praying was praying, Lord, open up our eyes. Mm -hmm. Lord, show us this. Lord, show us who you are. Lord, show us who we are. Lord, help the things that are in us abound. Yes. Not Lord, we said it a little bit on Thursday, and I know this is going to rub people's cats backwards just a touch, but I promise we'll turn your cat around and get the fur laying back down the right. But Paul doesn't say, Lord, give me love. Let me have more love, Lord. Lord, let me have more love. He doesn't say, Lord, let me have more peace, more patience, patience, more. How many of you heard that? And you've heard well-meaning people in church go, well, don't ask, don't ever pray God for patience. Have you ever heard? Because he'll, he'll give you an opportunity to be patient, right? Listen to me. You can't pray for what you already possess. That's right. Or let me say like this, you shouldn't. How silly would it be for me to pray for a husband? <laughs> 25 years together, right? Yeah. How silly would it be for me to pray for children? I have beautiful children. Already got them. Does that make sense? But so many believers, and that's why their prayers come up short or come up unanswered, is they're praying for things they've already got. Thank you for those two very quiet amens, all right? And I know that's weird because we're taught and we're trained. But listen to me. All throughout the New Testament scriptures, Paul is saying, listen, you need to know what you got. You need to understand what is already yours. You need to see, he even says in 1 Corinthians in the first chapter, he says that's one of the primary jobs of the Holy Spirit. So help me remember that and we'll come back to it, okay? So let's move forward because I'm going too fast. All right, it says next, verse 10. So there's point number one. Paul prayed that certain things would abound. Number two, verse 10. He prayed that you would approve the things that were excellent. So Paul prayed that you would be able to discern and see and recognize excellent things and say, that's excellent. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So there's things that are excellent. So if there are things that are excellent, we also know there are things that are not not excellent. (laughs) Yes. And so this is, again, another prayer of discernment that you would know This is what I say yes to because it's excellent. This is what I say no to because it is not excellent. And I want excellent things in my life. And again, and it's not just bigger, better, nicer toys. Right. Does that make sense? It's not just bigger, better, nicer house. It's not just, it's, it's literally things that you approve. You say, this is excellent. This is from God. Listen to me. That's another thing in prayer. How do we, we've talked about it. There are two types of things. Peter said, there are things that we humble ourselves to and accept. And there are things from the devil that we resist. Yeah. Well, if I don't know how to identify those things, exactly. how do I humble myself to one and say no to the other? Then you'll be totally double-minded and tossed mm-hmm. to and fro on the waves, right? It'll mm-hmm. just be like this constant... Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. Up and down. Yeah, but we'll get that another time. Then it says here, still in verse 10, next thing. So that's number two, that you would approve the things that are excellent. Number three, that you would be sincere and without offense. Hallelujah. (laughs) Come on now. 
Hallelujah. Now listen to me. This is, we're going to probably get to this one on Thursday. On Thursday if, if, if it all goes according to plan, we'll get to this one on Thursday. Right? Now the word sincere is interesting. It's a, it's a Greek word that literally means without wax. Mm-hmm. Now the, the, the concept was this, is when they would make pottery and different things. The potter, sometimes the piece would crack in the kiln or something would happen and they would put wax in it and then paint it up so it looked uncracked. Mm-hmm. But whenever you got it close to the fire or you held it up to the sun, you could still see the cracks. And here Paul is using that word. He says that you would be without wax. Mm-hmm. Meaning that, that God doesn't want you or I to have temporary fixes. Oof. He doesn't want us to just put some wax on it and paint ourselves up. If we look good. The proverbial band-aid. We don't want, God doesn't believe in band-aids. He believes in wholeness. Does that make sense? And here Paul is praying, hey, listen, that you would no longer just be filling in the cracks of your life with wax. Mm. Putting up temporary masks. He goes, I really want you to be without wax. That's so good. And without offense. Mm, What a way to live. live. Can you imagine that? No temporary fixes and you are offense free. You live your life. And that's again, that's two sides to the message of offense, right? Number one, God doesn't want you to live being offended by people. And, everybody say and. And And God doesn't want you to be offensive. Yes. (laughs) Running around offending people. Yes. Does that make sense? I remember jokingly, Pastor Mark at our Irondale campus a number of years ago, he taught on this about being offense free. And, And the analogy that God gave him was, is some of the church family was walking around like they had been stuck with a porcupine. You have ever seen like a dog that ran into a porcupine, like on the movies, like the old Disney movies, you know, and he gets hit with a porcupine. And the thing is, is they do know like porcupine quills are barbed. Yeah. So when they poke in, they don't easily come out. And if the dog keeps working it, the quill just goes deeper. deeper. It just keeps working deeper and deeper in. And that truly is a word for offense. That when we allow offense to come in, it can be like that barbed quill that if we don't deal with it, it'll just keep working and working and working and working and doing more damage, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all go, yes, amen, offense free. And then the, the Holy Spirit said, but what if you're the porcupine? Because <laughs> it's one side to sit there and talk about, okay, yeah, I want to be porcupine quill free where... Yes. Nothing sticks on me and I, I can live offense-free, but, but what if I'm the porcupine? I'm running around just smacking people around. That's right. On either side, God, does it, God wants you to be free from offense. Yes. Both the reception of it or the giving of it. Yeah. Amen. But that's Thursday. Yeah. Amen. Till, and I love that, and just in case you were wondering how long, that wasn't till next Sunday. Mm-hmm. It said, till... The day of Christ. So when is that? When Jesus comes back. So God wants you to be without wax and offense free from today all the way till he returns. That'll take some growing. That's why Paul's praying. This is why Paul's, hey, listen, God, this is what, this is what I'm asking for, right? 
Amen. Now, finally, the fourth one, number 11, verse 11, and that you would be filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Do y'all see that? So y'all see what Paul's praying for? Point one, that there's some things in your life that should abound. And we're going to talk about that here. It says, number two, that you would know how to approve the things that are excellent. Number three, that you would be sincere and without offense. And number four, that you would be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Man, that's just a great way to pray. Wow, that's loaded. Look at that. So when this week again, when we think, when Holy Spirit brings one of the church family to your remembrance this week, mm-hmm. I want you to pray in line with this. Yes, amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. So again, let's say, God, I'll pick on me because I want it too. So God brings me to your mind. Amen. This week. This is, I want you to just walk. Lord, help Brad. Yeah. Amen. Help him abound in these things. Help him and just walk through this prayer and let Holy Spirit guide you. Can we do that this yes. week? Amen. So let's back up and look at this. So Paul says, this I pray in verse 9 again, that your love may abound. That your love may abound more and what? And more Mm -hmm. in knowledge and discernment. Mm -hmm. So Paul, uh, come on, hold on to that. So God says through Paul, he says, okay, listen, love can abound. But with love, knowledge and discernment will also abound. So for your love to abound... Knowledge and discernment have to abound with it. How many of you would like your love to abound? Yes. Yes. Amen. Now, I see, I see one question coming up. Just hold on to it, Alicia, and I'll come right to you in just a second, okay? And this is, again, I know, Frank, you're here with us for the first time. If you want to ask a question, bro, just jump in. Yeah. It's all. We can have a conversation. You're not interrupting me at all. Right? So, but let's look at this word abound. I was looking at it again. Selena and I actually were looking at it this morning. we got to define our terms. Define our terms. She goes, what does abound mean? And I said, okay. well, I think it means this. And I studied earlier. Let me check again. So I go and I look in our concordance. But this is the part that I didn't see. And this one went like. I love it. Yes. Is it literally, it is a Greek word that is used when we talk about a flower blooming. Abound means to go from bud to full bloom. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Isn't that a beautiful picture? picture? So here God says, pray, I pray that your love would go from bud to full bloom. Notice again, he did not pray that you would have more love. Or God, give me love. There's already a bud there. There's already, but it... But that your love would bloom. It would come to full expression. Mm-hmm. Does that help a little bit? Yeah. We're going to use that word in this kind of stuff. That's for all the gifts of the Spirit, or fruits of the Spirit. Yes. Yeah. For all the fruit of the Spirit, it goes from bud to full bloom. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. And I love what Brother Hagin said years ago when he taught us, A good way to say that is the fruit of the born-again, recreated human spirit is. Hold your finger here and go to Galatians 5. Now, Alicia, what was your question? Absolutely. 
Well, we're about to go right there right now. So look at this. So, so number one, so look at this. So Galatians chapter 5, mm-hmm. verse 22, right? No, no, let's back up a little bit. We have to back up a little bit. I, I just feel like we need to go through all these letters, like all of them, right? So anyway, but let's, if you look at verse 16, Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? So that word walk in the Spirit means you live there. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. How many of you are born again? Yes. yes. Amen. How many of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your God, your Savior, your Lord? Who is that? Come on, be proud now. Yes. This is not a time to be all shy. Amen. So that's you. So that means you, that is where you walk. Mm-hmm. You walk in the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit lives in you. I really need you to understand, again, even this whole idea is kind of like, um, I, where am I walking right now, physically speaking? In no, this church. is not a trick question. In this church. Okay, Warrior, well, where's in Warrior, Alabama? Mm-hmm. How can I walk in Warrior, Alabama? With your feet. Huh? With my feet, but again, how can I do that? Because I'm there already. Yes. Now, where am I not walking? I'm not walking in Jasper. I'm not walking in Tennessee or Texas or California. I'm not walking in Florida. Why? Because you're not there. Because I'm not there. Yeah. So walk in the Spirit. And so from that is what, what I always, and you've heard me say this before, from a place of ascension, you know, we, we exist in two planes of existence at the same time. Mm-hmm. We are in Christ Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father. And so when we, um, when we just walk here in Warrior, Alabama, and all we're thinking about mm-hmm. is what's going on here in Warrior, Alabama, from this context, it can get overwhelming. It can get discouraging. It can get disappointing because you're just looking at things here. But when you are looking at things Mm -hmm. from the perspective of heaven, which is where you live, when you're up there at the, at the seated at the right hand of the father, that means that's a place of authority. That's a place of belonging. That's a place where you literally Mm -hmm. do belong. And, and it's, it's not, what's that called? That syndrome where you, um, imposter syndrome. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not supposed to really be here. No, no. No, he made us to sit together with him yes. in heavenly places. You're not, not like, a, you're not an imposter. You're not an imposter there. You are supposed to be there. So when you start operating from that place, it completely changes your perspective yeah. on what's going on in Warrior, Alabama yeah. right now. So, so let's keep reading. That's a big thing. Do you believe that? Yes. Do you believe that you're born again? Yes. That is where you are. Yes. And you believe that you're born again. And here's what we even say. And you believe mm-hmm. that you're from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We're not of this world. Uh, again, it, it bears the topic. So again, y'all understand you're not from here. Again, how many of you are, are born again? All right. Who's born again? Real proud. So Jesus used that phrase to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He said, you must be born again. And the real Aramaic phrase there that he said, you must be born from above. That's right. You must be born from heaven. That's right. So when we actually say, because I know that's become a churchified phrase again, Mm -hmm. I'm born again. I'm one of them born again Christians. Mm -hmm. Well, what that means is, is I am from heaven. Yes. 
You are from heaven. Say that out loud. Say, I am from heaven. I am from heaven. How would that change your life if you genuinely believed it? Right. We're fully loved and accepted and blessed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are, but that's, mystery. that is where you are from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love what, again, Dr. Mike Brown said like this. He said, I'm a Havanian. Why don't you try that out loud? Say, I'm a Havanian. I'm a Havanian. Paul said repeatedly, your citizenship is from heaven. He said, you are a foreigner on this earth. You are a pilgrim on this earth. He said, you are a sojourner on this earth. You are an immigrant on earth. You're not from here. Mm-hmm. You're an immigrant. You're, and it's like, again, Audra's here. She's you know, a missionary in, in Africa. And so she is from America, but she's in Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've said it before. And, and in many ways, when she's, in, she's operating from a different place. Yes. Her finances aren't from there. Again, so we were talking. So how much money do Kenyans make as a salary? $150, a month. A month. So they make $150, $200 a month. See, she doesn't live from there. Thank God. Well, thank God. But listen, but listen, but I want you to paint this picture. Listen, she doesn't live from there. Yeah. She lives from here. And because she lives from somewhere else, even though physically she's in a place that's $150, $200 a month, but because she's from somewhere else, she's able to do more where she is than those that are from there. Do you see this? That's you. You are from somewhere else called heaven. You are an immigrant here. Your body is your visa. Yes. Yeah. Your body is you your passport. You, have your body. you can't stay here. That's why, that's why Audra, why is Audra not in Kenya? Because she needs a visa. She, yeah. she ran out yeah. of her temporary uh, visitor visa. And so she's getting a long-term visa while she's here. So she can say, see, your body being alive is your visa. It lets you be here as an immigrant. And when your visa runs out, you'll just go home. Yeah. And one more thing. Now that she's lived there for a little bit, she can operate there. But it is very different mindset. Mm-hmm. Very different cultural things. Very different just logistically you know, and you, you learn how to operate there, but it is, it's a mind bender. It is different. And so it's the same for us. We have to really get back in here constantly to remind us, okay, I'm from Guatemala. Now I have not lived in Guatemala for over 20 years. And sometimes I forget what it's like back there because I've had to, I've lived here or in other places and I've had to adjust. Right. But when I start thinking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we used to do that. We used to think that way. I used to, you know, have to hitch a ride on a moped to get anywhere. I used to, you know, like all these things that you just did because you're from a different place. Well, it's for us sometimes if we're not in here a lot, we forget what it's like from home. Yeah. Right. Right now, I mean, I'm fluent in Spanish, but right now I could not speak at this level in Spanish. 
because I haven't been there and I haven't been in that, that atmosphere for over 20 years. I've visited once in a while, but it's, it's different. I'm used mm-hmm. to this now. Yeah. No, no, we have to be in here to remember how we speak, to remember how we communicate, to remember what we actually love and what makes our heart passionate. Yes. We need to get back in here to Very see good. who we really are, yes. what our position really is, yes. who our ancestors, if you will, really are. What's our family tree? And what does that actually mean? Yeah. Because in a different land, nobody cares. Like, they don't care where you're yeah. from. They don't care your family ancestry. They don't, nothing, that, none of that matters. Well, and again, and, and like, again, we watch, you know, you think of all these movies, right? I was, I know the, Caleb wants to watch the new Wakanda thing. But it's like, the, if you watch the first Black Panther, it was like the prince who was in New York in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. But nobody knew he, he was, was the prince. prince of a... Sometimes that's many believers. Mm-hmm. They live, right? Mm-hmm. And they can forget. Yeah. Right? This is who I actually am. Does that, is that helping? Yeah. So when I come back to this, back in, in, in Galatians 5, because this is when you read these phrases and he says things like, so I say then, walk in the spirit. He says that because you can. Yes. Yeah. He is not telling you to do something you can't do. Yeah. He's actually saying you are from the Spirit. Yeah. Yes. So walk there. Yes. And he says, and when you do that, we'll keep reading, and then you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do you know how you help people from stop sinning? You don't tell them to stop sinning. Right. You got to tell them you're from the Spirit. Yes. One of the reasons why we failed as a church and as a body of believers wholesale is we look at people, and I'll pick on Audra, and you better stop that, and you better quit it, and don't do that again, or God's upset, and nowhere in the New Testament, do you, God says, hey, listen, how do you stop walking in the flesh? Easy. You walk from where you're from. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh-huh. Well, okay, so I'm, I've been a believer. Mm-hmm. Get it, uh, the everything that I can actually have. Yes, have, that's have right. When I so, but when you tell me to walk in the spirit, it's kind of like, what, is that what does that mean? Like, okay. I get up and just walk in the spirit? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it goes back to what Selena was saying: is getting in the word. Yeah. That's part of it. So that church, it's kind of a churchified saying. Well, it can Sure. Very good, Kurt. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? So follow the teachings of the Bible. Well, what we're... So, so, help from... That, is that my clothes? Or, see, I'm, I'm okay. just sitting in the dark. Yeah, no. No, I'm with, no you're good. I, you're, I love that question because it's really about remember you are a son of God. And then it's about looking into who. what does that mean. Mm-hmm. And so then if you walk as a son of God... You won't walk as the rest of the people here who don't even know him. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's, again, eternal life is that we would know him. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, when you are knowing him deeper and deeper every day, then, and if he's ever present mm-hmm. in front of you, you'll be remembering, okay, he says this about who I am. He says this about what it means to be his, his kid. You know, I have that heritage because he's my father. All that stuff. So then all of a sudden it starts shifting how you act because now you're how you walk, if you will, how you and and walking really just means um, living, living, 
living things out, doing, doing yeah. daily life. That's what walking well, well, signifies. There. Well, for, for time's sake, let's look at this. It's a great question. Let's great see if we can help. And we're just going to have to unpack it more. Everybody continue to say, Brad, slow down. Brad, slow down. Because right, this so. is where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> yeah. It really is. So, so we're back here. We're still in Galatians. Get ready to go to 1 Thessalonians in just a second. But here in Galatians, again, so Paul says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right? He jumps ahead, and you're going to have to read this to see more in there, but if you jump and look at verse 9, he sits there and says, now this is the work of the flesh. What chapter are you? So, uh, Galatians 5, 19. So Paul says here in verse 16, Paul says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Like Kurt says, well, what does that mean? Walk in the spirit. Well, he also could say, well, what does that mean? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is that? Right. Now it's a little, keep reading. He says this, he says, 19, so the work of the flesh is evident. He defines it, yep. Listen to me. Okay, everybody say this. Say following God, following God is obvious. Is obvious. I think what we've done, Kurt, for so long is we have made it mystic. We have made following God like this mystic guru adventure that it smokes and mirrors and you won't know. And because we all can finish this phrase, because God works in mysterious ways, right? And, and we all have, we have a greater belief that it's mysterious than we do that it's obvious. Whereas John said in his letter, in his first letter in the, cha- in the third chapter, he said, hey, listen, if you can see somebody and they have a need and you can look at your life and go, yep, I can help them. He says, help them. Mm-hmm. How obvious is that? Pretty obvious. Pretty obvious. <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Come on now. <laughs> we, have, we have told people to do this too. Well, I'll pray about it. And then I'll help you. Because I got to make sure it's something God wants me to do. Have you ever heard that kind of stuff? And people hide behind the Holy Spirit. Now again, now sometimes, again, helping people, it's obvious. Sometimes you look at people and we'll use the classic money issue. You look at them and go, man, they're in a tough spot. Here's some money. Let me help you. And sometimes you look at people and go, you're in a tough spot. Here's a job. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. So there is wisdom that can be applied, but the answer is still obvious. Yes. Yes. Come on now. Because some, you know, because you can look at some folks and you can go, man, that person, they're working, they're trying, they're doing, and it's like they keep tripping and something happens and then this breaks down and that breaks down. And, but bless their heart, they're trying. Yeah. Well, those kind of people, you can say, here's some money. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because you're trying. Yeah. There's other people. It's a moment of need. It's not a lifestyle of need. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's a great way to say that. There's some people, you look at them and they just, they just broke again. Right? They homeless again. Right? They this again. And does that make sense? And I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but sometimes those folks have to look at them and go, well, no, what you need yeah. is a job. What you need is character. What you need is something different. Yes. But it's still obvious. Yes. Yes. 
So walking in the Spirit is obvious. obvious. Hey, listen, sinning is obvious. obvious. That's what he says in God. He says, now look, the works of the flesh are evident. Yes. They're, they're plain. Yes. This is not a mystery. Yes. He's not trying to trick you. He says. Not a trick question. For sure. They look like adultery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like fornication. That's sex Outside before marriage. Do y'all know what adultery is? Mm-hmm. Adultery is sex with somebody you're not married to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Fornication is, is not the beginning of the ceremony for an occasion like that. No, is it? But <laughs> just teasing. I got to pick on her. But it's sex before marriage. Yes. Right? That's a work of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Lewdness. Lewdness means immodesty. Mm-hmm. Showing more of yourself because you want to get attention to yourself. Idolatry. Now that includes. Worshipping cows, cats, sticks, rocks, the sun, football. I knew you were going to go there. (laughs) Come on. Anything, your job, your career, your social status, your kids. Yep. Anything that would take God's place is idolatry. Anything that would move you away from the things of God is idolatry. Anything that makes you feel like that's where your identity is coming from. Is idolatry. Is idolatry. Very good, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sorcery. (laughs) Come on. Are you with me? Yeah. I understand that sorcery is popular today. It makes for interesting fiction. (laughs) Harry Potter. Oh, man. Hocus Pocus. Come on, I'm not trying to be mean, nor am I trying to be legalistic. Yeah. But when you look at sorcery, oh, that's just a work of the flesh. That's right. There's nothing spiritual about that. That's a work of the flesh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed them. I like watching the shows. Well, it's like watching shows. Well, it's I look like, at it. It's yeah. like watching shows that have fornication in them. Yeah. Which most shows do. Yeah. Right? It's just you have to identify, okay, we don't do that because that's a work mm-hmm. of the flesh. I just say you look at it and go, so, now here's the thing. Rebellion in another list is the same thing as sorcery. Yeah. So just a parenting moment for you. This is why we do not allow rebellion in our children. That's right. Because it's the same thing as if they went out in the woods and cut a chicken's head off and made a pentagram on the ground. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Does that make sense? (laughs) Does does that make sense? Yeah. It's the same thing. Rebellion and witchcraft are the same. Why? Because the devil was the author of both. Yeah, and we're, we're about to get there in just a second, yes. Kurt. We're coming. We're not even done. You, you've opened up a great question. We're going to finish yes. it out today. But again, I'm going to go with hatred. Ooh. <laughs> hatred is a work, a of, work the flesh. of the flesh. How about contentions? Yes. Now, hatred is pretty obvious. Now, contentions is this. Contentions is just contention. Yeah. Striving over stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Why? Because Proverbs says the only way you have contention, it says only oh, by pride, pride comes, comes contention. contention. Only. Not one of the ways contention comes. Only by pride. That's why, again, yes. here's your marriage moment for the day. Your little marriage tidbit. That's why... When you hear and you go to these things, and we're going to teach you Christian married couples, we're going to teach you how to fight fair (laughs) or how to have a good fight. And the moment I hear that, I stand up and go, work of the flesh. Yes. Why? Because contention is a work of the flesh. Do you see how obvious this is? If you see Selena and I going yeah, yeah, yeah at each other, which happens sometimes, you just look up and go, oh, work of the flesh. Bless their heart. Bless their heart. Work of the flesh. <laughs> That's all that is. That's just a work of the flesh. Yeah. Better get a hold of that flesh quickly. That's right. That's before what it says. It lets, before it lets all the other evil stuff in. Well, again, here's, here's, I didn't get to this in our marriage event, so here's some freebie stuff for you guys. That is the pathway. The pathway to the devil begins with pride yeah. because only by pride comes contention. Then about two chapters over in Proverbs, it says, and if you don't deal with your contention, which means if you don't deal with your pride, Mm -hmm. it's like the letting out of water from a dam. Mm -hmm. The dam will break. Think little Dutch boy. Remember the little Dutch boy story? Y'all remember anybody ever not? So there's an old Dutch folk tale and in, in Holland, and we lived up in Canada, and we lived in a similar place, they have dikes, which are like uh, New Orleans. Keeps the seawater out, it's, it's dikes. So there's a story that a little Dutch boy is walking home from somewhere, and he notices the dike is leaking. So he pokes his hole in the dike. He pokes his finger his in finger, the hole. Yeah, he pokes his finger in the hole in the dike to block the water so they, the town doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, the, the Bible says... Contention or pride is like a hole in the dike. It's a hole in the dam. And if you don't deal with it and plug that thing. If you don't plug up the pride, then it says this, then the devil comes and meddles with it. And normally that person has your last name. <laughs> normally normally they, they live in the house with you. Are they your mom? Or, well, I can't believe you let him talk to you like that. I can't believe you. Well, are you going to put up with that? I wouldn't have put up with that. Da, 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 da. Well, what is that? That's the devil. That's a work of the flesh. Picking at your pride, trying to get the dam to break. Because mm-hmm. James says in his letter in the New Testament, wherever there are envies, strifes, or contentions. No, no, contentions. Mm-hmm. Repeats. Mm-hmm. Contention is a what? Work of the flesh. Work of the flesh. Yes. I got, contention is a what? Work of the flesh. Wherever there is a con- man, it's yang yang. Yes, arguing, yeah. fighting, um, fussing, arguments. Does that make? Yeah. No, don't shout me down. Mm-hmm. I just want you to realize this: when Selena and us has helped us over years, Selena and I, because we're like everybody else. Every yeah. now and then, we'll get to going at each other, yang mm-hmm. yang yang, about something, and we've learned to just stop and go. Oh, work of the flesh. Yeah, right there. One or both of us. One is or both to of us. Protect our pride. One or both of us is trying to defend our pride, yep. and we've stepped over into a work of the flesh. Yep. That's also called sin. We better handle it quickly. <clears throat> Y'all, thank you, okay, Jesus. Okay, you were in James. I'm coming, James. But if you... So where there's envy, strife, or contention, it says there is every, every evil work, work present there. Yeah. 
Yes. Not some evil work. Every <laughs> evil work is present where there's envy, strife, and conditions. Why? Because it's a work of work the flesh. Of the flesh. And remember, he says, if you walk in the spirit, you'll not walk in the flesh. Mm -hmm. So what does walking in the flesh look like? Oh, contentions, hatred, like the jealousies. Mm. Next one, outbursts of wrath. Mm. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? What is that, throwing up hands? Yeah, throwing out hand, throwing out, oh, you talk to the hand. Out, well, I mean, again, outbursts of wrath, blah, 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 you know, and you just... I can't believe it. I can't, and you sound like the little yappy chihuahua, right? <laughs> Work of the flesh. Is this, how plain is this? This is plain, right? Kurt, if it's this, if it's this plain on the negative, we're going to get, it's just as plain on the positive, right? So we're going to get there. I love this. I did. Is it going? You started You started it. <laughs> Next one. Look at it. We're not done. Don't keep reading. <laughs> Selfish ambitions. Mm -hmm. Now listen to me. This is important. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say no ambition. Right. God does not want you to live an ambitionless life. That's right. God doesn't want you to have no ambition. He does not want you to have selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. Now listen to me. A lot of people, mm -hmm. this is a work of the flesh in their life. Yes. Because they're living for Self. themselves everything they do is for self. for them they're not they're not at all as believers mm -hmm. going lord mm -hmm. what would you have me do with my life lord mm -hmm. how how do you want me what is this lord does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah. it's all about the un, you've heard of the ungodly trinity right me myself and i, I. that's the unholy trinity Right? And many people, their ambitions, why they do what they do for work, why they live where they live, why they drive what they drive, why they, whatever, selfish ambition, mm -hmm. work of the flesh. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, <laughs> dissensions. Boy, they're just hammering. <laughs> they're just hammering. Dissensions, like causing stuff, mm -hmm. stirring up stuff. Is it, is it, is it, is a dissension, mm -hmm. right? You're stirring up discord, yeah. right? Mm. Under this would fall things like gossip, mm -hmm. bad mouthing, back talking, divisiveness, divisiveness, yeah. dissension. What is that? A work, work of, the, of flesh. the flesh, right? Mm. Love this heresies. <laughs> mm. Now this is talking about real ones. Can I just meddle just a little bit? Please. Just meddle. When we do not accept all that Jesus has done for us in the fullness of the gospel, that would be called uh, a heresy, which is a work, work of, of the, the flesh. flesh. <laughs> so when I don't believe, and I know, oh, I can feel the cats now. <laughs> when I don't believe in healing, work of the flesh. When I don't believe in prosperity, work of the flesh. Don't shout me down because we're preaching real good. Because a heresy means that whatever Jesus is or whatever Jesus did, you believe something different. That's a heresy. 
Yeah. Right? If I stood up here and said, Jesus is not Lord, you would say... Heretic. Heretic. If I came up here and said, Jesus was just a regular old man, nothing special about him. Heretic. If I came up here and said, what Jesus did on the cross doesn't matter. Heresy. Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Heresy. You see that? Work of the flesh. Anything against the gospel is a heresy. Any heresy, according to Paul, is a work of the flesh. So anything that says it's not the finished work of Christ and you have to add works to that. Heresy. Heresy. So when somebody says they don't believe in healing, we should say heresy. (laughs) Well, you can. It doesn't go over very well. (laughs) You kind of fall back over to dissension. (laughs) <laughs> or offended, you know, yeah. Yeah. but, but listen, but you have to, this is how back to how plain is this, Kurt? It's, it's, yeah. it's plain. It always is plain. Yeah. So listen, 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 listen. God is not, oh, he's not about he is not about hide and seek. Again, we're coming up on Christmas, right? Think about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Big choir of angels. Singing in the sky, two shepherds, big star, two years, big star, for big sure. star in the sky. That's quite the announcement. So was, was he hiding? Uh-uh. Caravan of people, hundreds, most likely strong. According to Dr. Peter J. Daniels, who did research with a thousand man archer based army to protect the treasure. the treasure they were bringing to Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Rolling in, going, where's the king of the Jews? That's why Herod was shaking in his boots. <laughs> That's why Herod wanted to kill him, because it wasn't three little lowly dudes on three camels showing up with something from the Cracker Barrel. Right? <laughs> Does that make sense? It was hundreds Hundreds of, and again, this is hundreds of Zoroastrian star worshipers who saw his star in the sky. These are not Jews. Mm -hmm. These are not Jewish people. These were people that were taught by Daniel when he was in Babylon. Mm -hmm. They were Daniel's long-term disciples called the Zoroastrians. And they looked up and said, yep, what Daniel said would happen is happening. He's born. And they gathered hundreds of themselves together, loaded down camels, hired a thousand-man mercenary army, and took off on a two-year road trip there and back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Four years gone, rolling up into Jerusalem, wanting to know where the baby's at. Because his star. So I say all that to say, is God hiding? Is God all into, I don't want them to know what I'm doing. I'm trying to hide. I want to make it complicated so they can't see. Does that make sense? Now here you want to know, second coming. Trumpet. Listen, trumpet that echoes around the world. Jesus in the eastern sky. Right. This, that's, that's a, this is just, I'm talking about the rapture. Jesus blows a trumpet. Every dead Christ follower in human history comes alive and is rejoined to their body, rises and meets him in the air. Then any of us that are alive and remain are changed 
It just said we're changed. It doesn't say we went in the blink of an eye. It says we were transformed in the blink of an eye. Then we rise and we meet him and the others in the in air. The air. This is Jesus at the very end going, are you sure <laughs> no is your final answer? <laughs> That's Jesus going, are you sure? Yeah. Are you positive? Look, it's me. Are you sure? And unfortunately, there'll be some dummies still down here that'll go, nope, we don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> but does that make sense? So God is not about hiding. Please, y'all church family, listen to me. God is not about you not knowing. God is not about complicated. God is not about mystery. We just do have to go after it. We need to look into it. We need to take the time to read stuff. And then to understand yeah. stuff. Does that make, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. I mean, again, let, let's talk about this, this thing and we're going to have to land the plane, right? Are and I'm going gonna, gonna to keep going. I'm going to keep going just a minute. But, but this, is important, this is important to see. Yeah. Because Kurt asked a question. It's so good. Yes. Picking on Kurt. But here's, so <laughs> the Bible says, the Bible says that good and perfect gifts come from who? The Father of Lights, from whom there is no shadow nor variation of change. So, where does good and perfect come from? God. So, if you can look and go, that's good and that's perfect, where'd it come from? God. If you can look at it and go, that's bad and that's imperfect, where'd it come from? The devil or sin. Came from the devil. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. But come on now. Mm-hmm. There's tons of people. Tons, and again, just line your cats up. Here we go. There's tons of people. There's tons of people who go, they call bad things good. God gave me this disease. God gave me this problem. God gave me this issue. God took all my things away. God allowed this to happen. This came from God. It's going to have some. That is not true. Because the Bible says only good and perfect come from him. And and God can define good and perfect a lot better than you and I can. Yes, Yes. amen. I love what I heard one preacher say one time. If Jesus ever came back in this day and now, he'd spend most of his time in all kinds of courts for child abuse. (laughs) Because if I did what we call and say that God our Father did to my kids, y'all would throw me under the jail. Mm -hmm. Y'all would probably help string me up. Mm-hmm. Mob justice. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah. But we'd say God does all kinds of stuff all the time. And he says, I have no shadow of turning in me. That's right. There is no variance of change within me. That's right. I do only good. Yeah. He created everything and said, it was it good. good. Amen. Does that... Does that help y'all? So it's obvious. So you look in your life and go, man, something bad is happening in my life. You should instantly know, not from God. Which is an instant, hallelujah. Which is an instant, which is an instant, what did you do about that, Jesus? Yeah. Because there's an answer here. Because there's an answer. You instantly, you instantly did something with that. Does that make sense? Yes. Again, we said before, we have to know what to humble ourselves to and what to resist. Does that make sense? Yes. And if we can't sit there and say that is from the devil, then we'll never resist it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, while I'm just picking on everybody, 
Does that make sense? There's, 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 I say this, you guys, I love y'all, right? But listen to me. Some of the reasons why people don't receive uh, even medical respite from illnesses they fight is they don't believe it's actually God's will for them to be well. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. If we actually believe in some way God wants me to be sick, yeah. either he brought it about to teach me something or he's using it in some kind of mystical way as my divine purpose. If I actually believe that, then I've noticed over 20 something years of trying to help people when they go to the doctor, it doesn't work there either. Yeah. yeah no matter what they're, no matter what they do. Does that make yeah. sense? Simply because they don't they believe God wants me well. What well, well, they don't realize what well, they are fighting against God, but what you see, your body, listen to me, listen to me, listen, your body yes. simply responds to what you believe. Yes. Right. If you and I genuinely believe it, our body says, okay, there it is. Y'all remember? Oh God, come on. You remember? It's so good. It's it's okay. Is that okay? Yeah. So remember in Deuteronomy, there was a change that happened literally in creation. When, when, God st- when God stepped up and he said, he calls Moses and Israel together, the people, and he says, today, I'm going to make heaven and earth a witness today of what I'm about to say. And he says, today, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. But what he said is he says, and now I'm changing creation now Heaven, the spiritual realm, and earth, the physical realm, they will now bear witness of your choice. Explain that just a little bit. If you choose life, heaven and earth goes, he wants life. And it begins to bring you life. It aligns. If you want a curse, if you choose curse, he says, Brad must want a curse. Mm -hmm. So we'll begin to do what it takes to bring that to pass. Do y'all see that? God says, today, this day, I call. Heaven and earth is a witness against your choice. Mm -hmm. Meaning that when we choose, Mm -hmm. heaven and earth responds to our choice. I know we don't. We crinkle our nose up. Listen. Mm -hmm. The spirit world will, yes. Remember, heaven is a type of the spiritual realm. In the earthly realm. Not saying that bad comes from heaven. Yeah, not, not saying that bad comes from heaven. Well, if you don't choose life, what's going to come? Yeah. Well, the point is, is that there is no neutral. That's the other side. Y'all understand that life, there is no neutral. There's either blessed or <laughs> life or death. There ain't no gray. There ain't a whole lot of gray out there, right? It's, there is no neutral. There is... <laughs> y'all pulling all kinds... You understand... Paul said it like this. There's either transformation or conformity. There is no two. There is no middle. Yeah. We are either being transformed or we're being conformed. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to renew our mind. Well, and the thing is, is your mind is renewing anyway. It's just which way is it renewing. That's right. This is, so your mind, our mind is constantly renewing. It's constantly in a process it's either a process of transformation so towards nice. something or it's a process of con- conforming. Conform- no, not. Confer- conforming. conforming. It's a process of conforming to what everybody else does. Yeah. Yes. So like what Kurt was saying, I think about 
up is there are natural laws. Like if you have intercourse, mm-hmm. you could become pregnant. Yes. It's not like God saying, I'm going to bless you with a baby. I'm not being I'm just saying, yeah. you physically did the deed. Yes. And so therefore there will be fruit of it. Yes. Seeds in the ground, they will hopefully grow. You know, and so I think, I think people are looking at like, well, God didn't bless me or he did bless me. And it's just, there, it, there are seeds and things that we do. Absolutely. It, it's similar to what I feel like you're saying, where God said, I call heaven and earth to, to watch me. You know. Absolutely. Well, and, and again, it's, man, there's tons in this, right? Mm-hmm. Again, if you talk, there's, there is... Trying to think of, I mean, we can think of even this because people will say, well, you're meaning, and, and I'm looking at most of my kids are in here. I think it's okay and she's asleep. Okay, good. Is, um, well, it's like this. We take cases of rape. People who, young ladies who were raped. Did God cause that to happen? No. Why do we know God did not cause that to happen? Because it's, it's evil and it's wicked and it's bad. Work of the flesh. Work of the flesh that happened, Right. But now something bad has happened. Now that young lady can choose. She can choose how she would respond to the bad that happened. And we've heard all kinds of, you've heard stories. Those who did not know or what, and they chose negatively and that wrecked them forever. Because they just, most of them I don't think know that they can choose. That's why I, but we've seen other it people. Goes where it, feels. it goes where it feels. Other people we've seen. Audrey and I were talking about young girl that had something happen, and she stopped and she decided a different path. Yeah. I will choose differently. Did God cause us? No. But I now, and she became pregnant from that. Mm-hmm. And how she chose changed everything. Mm-hmm. Even though did it come from somewhere that God wanted? Mm-hmm. No. Was it part of God's will? No. But in that thing, she made a choice. Yeah. Do y'all see that? Yes. We have to sit there. Yeah, we got it. We get it. No, what? I think it's good because, like you said, you're, heaven and earth are called, and you think, well, God, is God doing it? It's a law, almost like a law. Now, can they be overridden? Kind of like yes. Kind of like talking about seed, time, and harvest. Yes. There are things. It's a whole bunch of stuff. But it's not God who's saying, I'm cursing you. No. It's a Biblical principle, spiritual it's a spiritual law that's been set in motion. Well, I sit there and say this. I want to I encourage this because what happens is, is because this is what everybody normally throws up is we talk about choice. Well, yeah, Brad, but I didn't choose that. You didn't choose what happened. That's right. But at some point, even now I would say, absolutely, you're right. There are things that happen in life that were not of your choosing. Mm-hmm. You didn't choose X, Y, or Z to happen. You didn't choose whatever. Something, and again, some, the devil happened. Satan uh, comes to kill, still an evil person happened. Something happened to you. as a, And you, but in that moment, I can turn, and I, but I will choose how I respond. I will choose what I will do. I will choose to act upon the word of God. I will choose to walk in the spirit. Thank you for that clincher. That was awesome. Right. And, and, and here it is. And so what does that look like? To answer finally, Kurt, Kurt, and they go, verse 22, because there's even more. I mean, it goes on. It says heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. And then next four words or three words, and, and the, the like. like. 
So anything. No, wait. It's <laughs> like a, a bad infomercial, right? I mean, but it's. A, but no, he's saying, hey, in anything like what we just talked about. Yeah. So if you can look over and go, man, that's like yeah, one of the work of the flesh. Yeah. Again, so even those last three words tell us it's obvious. Workings of the flesh are obvious. They're not mystical. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it goes on. I love this part. And it says, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those that practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. To those that this is habitual, that, I mean, there's a, there's a twofold. Those that don't know Jesus won't inherit the spiritual kingdom of God. Those that believe in Jesus and are saved but continue to walk in things will never see the kingdom of God here. They'll never experience the freedom and the things that God has actually provided for you. For here. For here. You won't experience the kingdom of God here. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? And again, and there are many believers. There are many yes. Christ. They're going to go to heaven, if you will, when they die. Yeah. But because they continually practice these things, they don't experience the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah. Right? But, but, I look, but again, verse 22, so you got to get your butt in the right place. <laughs> right? But, but, Kurt, but, but. The fruit of the Spirit, or as Brother Hagin said, the fruit of the born-again human spirit. Walk in the Spirit. The fruit of walking in the Spirit is, everybody say is, Is. love, Love. joy, peace, long-suffering. That means putting up with. Another, another word here, and this is, it means patience. Like we said before, that's why we don't pray for patience. Because you've already got it. It's called long suffering. Just right? have to choose. Kindness, yes. goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Here's one that gets like zero press these days. Self-control. Now again, can I ask another question? How obvious are these things? Very How obvious is love? How obvious is peace? Joy. Patience. Mm -hmm. Kindness. How obvious? Do you see? Mm -hmm. God is not trying to make this challenging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you can look up and go, you know, that'd be very loving if I did that. Well, you should probably do that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? That would be very kind if I did that. You know, I should probably respond with joy in this hardship. That would be walking in the spirit well, instead I get, of. I get what they're doing now. You know, they're explaining this every time you want to say walk in the spirit. Obviously, the writers want to write all this out. <laughs> and there's a yeah, absolutely. For him, I'm maybe you can tell me, it's one that says you've been given the spirit. It's, there's another scripture either in Galatians where it's talking about you've been given that exact spirit. So it's not like. Well, where do I get those things? How do I know I have those? The self-same spirit. It doesn't have to be the Christmas season. No, not, no at not at all. It's the self So you've been given yes. that, right? Yes. And we'll end here, and, and, and y'all have been so good yes. to, to listen. But that's why I can we come back to love, because Paul said in, in the prayer in Philippians that your love would abound. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, the same spirit poured out the love of God in your hearts. Yes. So where is the love of God? 
in you. So you can't pray, Lord, give me more love. But you can pray as Paul, Lord, let the love that I have come to full bloom. Let the love that is mine fully blossom. Fully show up. Mm -hmm. Fully, if Lord, if there's anything I'm doing that's slowing down that blooming process. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That was an unintended pun. But um, does that make sense? If there's anything that, show me that, let me get that out of the way because I want your love that's in me to blossom. And this is spiritual growth. And and we'll look at it again when we talk about it again. And it's actually the pathway to holiness. Yeah. Holiness isn't being a good little boy or being a good little girl. Holiness, he says to the Thessalonians, and the same thing he says, holiness, living holy is living full of love. When your love abounds, you won't have to worry about being holy. Because you will just live holy because you'll love people. Right? Does that make sense? I'll, I'll just I'll love my wife enough to not cheat on her. Mm-hmm. I'll love someone else's wife enough to not de- seduce them. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? I, I will love people enough to not steal, to not lie, to not cheat, to not do all the works of the flesh. To not. Yeah. I will love you enough that even though it rubs your cat backwards, I'll love you enough to tell you that's a heresy. I'm so sorry. I, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. I don't. I'm really not trying to. To, to rain on your parade, but you got to believe the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to hear the truth and love because only yeah. that is going to be setting you free. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, for a long time, uh, you know, when I was younger in the church, uh, I didn't fully believe everything in this. And I would even say, uh, well, somebody, why don't you believe in the Bible? Well, because the moral teachings help me be a good person. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, it, it does have to be a person, but you're missing out on the love. Absolutely. You mess out of that part of it. And so you, yeah, you might be doing some good acts, but you're missing in your inside. The transformative Absol- power. Yeah. 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 Well, one, a lot of it occurred too is, is, is we, we tell this, and again, has to be last thought, but it is, uh, we tell our kids all the time when they're growing up, I don't assume any of my children are saved no. until they show me fruits of righteousness. Mm-hmm. I don't love them less, but I've had to look at some of them and go, you know, you're going to struggle with that until Jesus actually becomes your Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of this kind of stuff in church is it's not even, again, that's why the New Testament has morality in it, but it's only morality after transformation. Because until we're transformed, we will struggle. We will struggle. We will walk in the flesh. Why? Because that's where we actually are. That's why so many churches that, that where people aren't, they, they, they struggle. Doesn't mean, and, and again, so people, when they struggle with the flesh, one of two things has happened. Either A, they're not actually saved. Easy fix. <laughs> or B, they don't know they are saved. Because again, so, so many people, and, and that's why people live on a roller coaster. That's right, Kurt. That's why people live on a roller coaster is because is either A, they're not actually saved, so they're just trying to be good on their own and they're going to constantly yes. fail. No. Yeah. Right? Or they don't know that they're saved, 
Because again, most of the church world at large, the only thing we're selling is fire insurance. Mm -hmm. I just don't want you to go to hell. Mm -hmm. So, so get saved and try not to have too much of a sucky life until Jesus comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, and, uh, you know, and that's, that's, that's all the church pedals, you know, and we're going to try to help you dwell and live with your problems and put up with your problems, but never actually be free from your problems. No, 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 no. Whereas what Jesus came to say is, is I came to actually set you free from your problems. Completely free. So that you'll be actually different. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, we love you so much. Lord, I'm so thankful for these people who who so lovingly want to learn more. And so grateful for that. Thank you for their heart to, to grow. Thank you for their heart to blossom and bloom. And Lord, just thank you for teaching us today. In Jesus' name, amen.